A lot of people with disabilities don't like to be looked at as inspirational just for living their lives, but it happens a lot. My name is Nate, and that's why I call this podcast We're the Inspiration. On this show, people with disabilities get to tell their own stories, but with me, a wheelchair user as host, they also control how they're told, which is to say not in a way designed to inspire others. They're just real and hopefully entertaining. This week, I have with me someone who's been mentioned in the past couple episodes. I thought, first of all, I might give him a chance to address the ways he's been talked about. Chris Young, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. You got to admit, I'm probably going to win some award for this. You tend to leave a lasting impression. Whether that's good or bad is sort of anyone's guess at this point. Yeah. I'll let anybody say what they will, and, you know, I'm not going to uh, refute or compliment anybody's positions on said thoughts, but I, you know, just really am blessed or cursed to be aware of a lot of the inconsistencies of where I am, who I am, and what I mean to the world, and be it as it may, I blessed or gift people with either wisdom or intolerable nuisancery. I don't know which one is which more, but... We have to start out with the fact that I've got a bone to pick with you. Do you know what that is? I'm sure I'll think of it sometime. (laughs) You led me to believe that you talked to my friend Allie about online dating, and you never talked to her. Well, no, I did reach out, or I I guess do a request, but no, nothing had ever transpired. And that is by way of due respect to the assertion she made of where I had been going and letting her have the leisure of keeping those thought I have process. no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> we're stopping? Okay. No, we're not stopping. I just don't know what you're talking about. You're using bigger words than you have to. You always do that. I decided to let her believe what she would because had I gotten into it, it might have been a problem. And I know conflict was a very far-fetched possibility, but I'm slightly opinionated and getting into things where there was disagreement isn't my best area. Okay. You know, I'm opinionated too, so we can have this out a little bit from my end. You agreed to talk to her and you didn't do it. Yeah. There were also tie-ins with a prior person. And I, I always feel a little leery, you know, in the meat of what we're going to say, the preconceived notions of, Am I going to get in trouble for any discussions I have or concepts I conclude or possible outcomes that I manifest? It just kind of scares me a little bit, you know, and I I end up, I think, talking myself out of a lot of them. You know, it's because I've been trained to be calculated, I think, with a lot of what I do. When you go into a bank and you go up to the teller and you ask if, they're seeing somebody or know anybody and your mom says you got to wait after a couple times to do that then that's even adding strategy to the most simplest of things so you know if something that simple gets 
added some statistics or whatever. If if there's a right way and a wrong way to do something that simple, then, you know, I'm going to be a little bit leery to do something of that nature. I mean, I usually try to get reached out to first so that the pleasure is all theirs. Are we talking about someone that is designed to help you like my friend Allie was? Or are you talking about someone that you're trying to date? In any scenario, whether it be helping or eventual connection down the road, I usually find more proficient of a feeling internally when they're the one that fostered it because I almost feel like if I did it, there's the possibility it was an inconvenience. There was a possibility it was the wrong time. There's the possibility that it was unwelcomed altogether. There was no actual, at least that I heard of, invitation per se to really say, I really want him to reach out. After the fact, now that I've invited it, I'm going to feel guilty if it does happen because I've fled out, blown my laundry out the dry and said, no, I didn't really get an invitation. But same thing with, I'll just say, a church I just went to. Back before COVID started, I was going to these groups and they never really actually invited me. They put the message on a group chat. It's not that I don't want to go because I see it. It's that it's not to me. It feels informal. And my brain goes, well, you weren't actually asked to do that. So, you know, that's why I always say, here's my number first. You call me when you're ready. And then when they initiate, it's more of a respect on them than anything. There are a few facts that I don't know if you know. First of all, Allie contacted me after the show we did on Valentine's Day, right? I felt like I had to be the go-between and tell you what she said rather than her contacting you herself and being like, hey, I'm a friend of Nate's, I'm going to help you with this. So I don't think there was a chance for direct contact at first, even though there was a point where she said to me that I could have given you her number. And I didn't feel as comfortable doing that, first of all, because I didn't have yours. I'm not saying this is my fault, but I still felt like I kind of had to be the go-between until one of you made contact with the other. And you knew, once you had made contact on Facebook even, what she had planned to do. Well, it had already been established to me that... The concept in itself of which we decided to invest on was difficult in the first place. Uh, I've been told by multiple source sources that I harp on it too much. I make incomplete assertions without all the details. It'll come when it comes. So it was half a lack of desire to be told the same things that I completely understood and agreed with certain portions of what it was, you know, we discussed on the sidelines some schematic differences in the stories, but... What stories are you talking about? The one that I tell versus the one that she believed was why I came up with those conclusions. I still don't know what that means, Chris. 
the conclusion that she came up with as to why I was having all those issues makes sense, but it was just in a different world, so it doesn't correlate as... You're talking about Allie. Right. I do think she made a lot of assumptions, because she doesn't know you, but, I mean, the fact that she still doesn't know you, even though she's reached out to you, even as just an online friend... Right. That's your fault. Well, yeah. And you got to meet her halfway when she does something I, like that. I, I can rectify that now that I've been made uh, alerted that it was like, you know, make or break. You can't judge a book by its cover and you can't judge an outcome by presumptions of the past. But so many people have just completely disregarded the scenarios. It's almost a lack of trust that anybody's going to be able to come up with a good conclusion, and that's squarely on me, but... I mean, do you want a fortune teller for this? No one knows what's going to happen. I know. There's no real legitimacy to how it's supposed to go. All I know is that I have a friend that offered to help you in something that I didn't know whether you'd want help in or not. But when I told you that, you seemed into it. And so that's why I tried to make the friendly connection there, at least on Facebook. Right. And as I had already assessed, I thought the door was going to open. I was going to walk in, and that was it. I walked up. I saw the friend thing. I waited for the initiation. The door was still closed. As the far friend as I know. request was the initiation. Well, now you got me wanting to check Messenger because I've had people on Facebook that I just like because they were local. And the true test of their leniency was to see if they were going to at least partake enough to send me their first thing. And I haven't heard a word edgewise. And there are certain parameters to my warm and fuzzy hood. And, <laughs> See, now people can tell we're good. <laughs> right. Because we're laughing together. But We're done, yeah. I got to be a little hard on you here because this is something that you told me that you were going to try, and you didn't try it. Yeah, I told you I, I had a, a session today. I won't go into the details, but... You know, 27, I don't know why this is just hitting me now, but I had started to realize that there were outside sources that didn't know where I was coming from, and this story may change the paradigm completely because I may have just been told by a dear friend of mine that people aren't perceiving me correctly because I'm not giving them the tools to versus the entire thought that I always had, which was they're not going to give me the time to exert the proper materials to create this connection that I desire, which is kind of honestly scary because maybe I need to revise all of my thought processes on the people that I thought always excluded me. But maybe you're right. I mean, can I give my thoughts on that? I don't really know the conversation that you had, but 
I think I've told you from the very beginning since I met you, which has probably been close to a year at this point, that you need to be more accustomed to saying what you actually mean. Because the way that you speak to people, in my experience, a lot of things go over their heads. I don't know if it's because you want to make yourself sound smarter than you actually are. Not to say that you're not smart, but... It's compensation, really. In what way? I know what they see, and I know what the presumptions are, and that's been my thought processing to navigate it. It's a defense mechanism for you. I think you've said that to me before. Yeah, right. Kind of rewire the hard drive and say, oh, I might not know what that means, but he's got me more interested than when I just saw the wheelchair. I think it can work either way. I mean, people can tell I was frustrated with you earlier in this conversation. Right. Yeah. I don't know what you're saying. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. But look, this is time number four. There's something in my mojo. I have no problem talking to people in this forum who have something that they want to talk about. But to me, this is more interesting than what we had actually planned to do. Yeah, drag me through the fire date. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I feel like you have a habit of not saying what you actually mean. Right. And I don't see how that would intrigue people i think it confuses them and maybe some people like that but somebody like me i'll call you out on it (laughs) right yeah well which may be why you like me i don't really know but yeah i like to fight normalcy because i know normalcy has been established as such that there are certain circles that are still a little bit on the fence about our importance. So I use the big words to establish education. I use desires to, you know, level myself in a society that is supposed to want a job, a relationship, an independent life of their own, what have you. I use this platform to make my legitimized stance of, This is what I actually want to be. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to finagle. You know, I'm just an average person with average wants. And it's like, you don't want me angry. And then I turn green and all that. That's me when average small talk doesn't work. Well, first of all, when you said you wouldn't like me angry, I pictured Hulk in a power chair. Oh, Lord. But second of all, what you seem to be saying is there's some sort of sophistication to intelligence. I would hope. Well, here's the thing. There's a difference between using big words, and I like to use big words, too. If you're choosing to use big words every word you use, you lose the point really fast. There are certain levels of disability that have you ever seen polar express i may have a long time ago 
it's like the one on the train that always wanted to talk about the educated thing is because that's our defense mechanism because we think your day depends on complex conversation. I feel like I may have some of that. This is really interesting to me because our original goal was to talk about needless information on the internet and we didn't know how to tie that to disability. But instead, I think what we're ending up doing is just more talking about how a lot of people with disabilities feel like the legs aren't working, but that doesn't mean my brain isn't working. Right. I used to feel that way a lot when I was young. I feel like that's the main point that we're getting at now. Right. Have you ever watched the cartoon with, it was Bugs Bunny and Tasmanian Devil and he goes to do something and he goes, it like starts out as a cage and then it goes down into the ground. And then when he gets up, he says, what for you bury me in the cold, cold ground? Because he's confused. I might not have been wanting to do X, Y, Z, what you thought. Well, gifts could be self-inflicted or it could be societal. Well, I think a lot of it is societal. As a group, the group that, that you and I now meet with every month, used to be every week, we have talked about whether the disability we have, which is spina bifida, is a developmental disability or not. I never really considered that until I joined that group. But when you have a developmental disability as well as a physical one, for lack of a better word, it's easy for people to believe that you're stupid. Right. This is where we were originally going to go. But when the world says, look at what I had for dinner, you go, wow, I must need to do a lot of work to compensate for excitement around here because I'm sitting here staring at somebody's dinner from last night as something that was noteworthy to put that's a perfect point to bring up because some of the same people that are looking at that meal as if it's something interesting right you know are some of the same people that are not giving us a chance on a social level just because right. we have a disability that's where I was going with that our capacity to be impactful is so much more reduced when the price of gold is now everybody being able to have a Twitch stream about everything that's under the sun. Well, I think there's a different point to be made there. Like, people have preconceived notions about people like us just because we're in wheelchairs or whatever. And a lot of those same people are watching other people doing the most mundane stuff you can imagine. See, now that we're actually talking about it, I get your points, but this goes back to the fact that you're using too many big words, because I didn't know this is what you actually meant. Okay, fair. You got to say um, what you mean once in a while, buddy. Right. I mentioned earlier, I think, that what we've been talking about, just believing people don't account for even my potential intelligence because of the wheelchair that used to be on my mind a lot more when I was younger 
But then again, I'm 15 years older than you. Mm. So is that something that you still think about a lot? I've been going through a lot of experiences where the final answer that I came up with was, I'll believe it when I see it. And it starts in, in the higher ups and starting to be able to tell the higher ups gives you more confidence to tell the drip down people. When the fact that we should want employment, period, doesn't hinge on our earnings or the days of the week, or the transportation doesn't hinge on being a certain distance away from the main road, or housing not be consistent of, oh, well, we can do that in a complex or a condominium, but forget a real house or finance, you know, I was denied for a credit card the other day because the backing that I have of stability that I'm not going to go into wasn't enough when there are things that I'm going to want to buy that are higher end, I would think, eventually. Have you ever had a credit card before? No. I once asked my mother this question because I've been rejected, I think, for a credit card before, too, years ago. I asked her, is it better to have bad credit than no credit? And basically, she said yes. It can be hard to get that first one. Right. And we were talking about, we were originally going to say misinformation. Yeah. My favorite thing is going up to the ones and saying, tell me what you learned about me by way of them that cursed you into believing these misconceptions that have made you not want to assess this and ergo made me be leery of pretty much basically anything that walks through the door unless they pass this rigorous exam harder than getting into the CIA because I don't trust your health knowledge or your capacity to care or your ability to drive a car. I'm going to phrase this a certain way on purpose. Not that you didn't have a disability because that's obvious but do you think some of the things that you want to obtain at this point would be easier to get if you could hide the fact that you had a disability oh yeah i think the name of the game of success is saying oh gee look how similar I can be, and, you know, even when you've got one as clear as day, there's activities, and we assessed this in the last podcast, mm -hmm. uh, going to places of psychosocial interest that allow us to say, look, I enjoy some of the same pleasurable, albeit dangerous things that you do, so I must be fair territory. Fair territory for what, though? for your acceptance. Again, I feel like a lot of this comes with age. When you're wishing to do a certain thing that maybe you can't do because of your disability, that's one thing. But I think the more you're around, and which is a nicer way of saying the older you get, <laughs> yeah, the easier it is for some people to know how to get over with other people. Yeah. Well, this can go one of three ways. One, the give a rat's tail on my end 
goes down as I grow up. Two, the giver rat's tail goes down on their end because they realize that, hey, I've been dealing with somebody that is capable of assessing their desires. Or three, the powers that be just say, you know, the same way that there's a certain amount of people that need to work in government, there need to be a certain amount of social clubs and houses and individuals out there that are willing to like brother and sister, a handicapped individual so that they're not as scared to assess the world as poorly as I have, because clearly there was an invitation hanging out in the breeze that I've never claimed. (laughs) Didn't you tell me that you were part of a group like that already? Well, yeah, but what it did was kind of more reinforce, and I'm going to say this as delicately as I can, but they were going to cater to the least legitimizing group of people. You weren't, quote-unquote, disabled enough for this group, is what you're saying. That happens, too, which is weird. I get scared to talk about this. What I'll say about it is that there was an assessment made at some point in time. I won't go into details about the reality of said group. And there needs to be a reinforcement somewhere along the line that says you need to encourage the capacity of your brain unless it's been beyond a shadow of a doubt assessed not to be able to do so to be as as expansive as it can get because if you're going to be able to compete with the rest of the world, you need to be able to walk into a store and not, for example, have sufficiently under the amount of funds you need and be none the wiser to the fact that you can't get something that's way too expensive or a condition like that. Let me get us back on track here. There are so many different rabbit holes that this aspect of the conversation can go down because in one group you're saying your disability is too much in another group you're saying you don't have enough of a disability Mm -hmm. you know what it takes though just getting over with one person at a time right and then that one person is like hey have you met my friend chris he's pretty cool yeah Maybe he talks a little bit too much, but that's okay. And with, with weird words. Yeah, use your words, just not too many. Uh, right. Then again, this is a podcast, so what am I complaining about? Uh, right. Words are kind of the key here, yeah. Yeah, I just don't want to confuse the audience, that's all. Right, yeah, we don't want them to get a dictionary. What was that word? Yeah. I can go back to the fact that there's a difference between you using big words and being sophisticated. I don't know if you think they're one and the same, but I say this in a way that I am trying to assist you, but I think a lot of people who would hear you use as many big words as you do would find that pretentious. Right, yeah. If not confusing. Yeah. Because I I understand why you do it. That's to me why it's not pretentious. But every once in a while, like I have today, I'm I'm like, Chris, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, what was that? Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. But, you know, then I have moments like being able to go on the local base that we did. It was called like a petting zoo or something. Mm -hmm. And they were making an analogy that you were going by airplanes. And I knew every one of them before the guy even did it on the tour. And he's like, wow, his intelligence is abundant. And I'm like, yeah, because I was made to pay attention in school. Like, I felt like people just weren't doing and more often than not, the words are accurate. They're just not. Not necessary. Yeah. <laughs> Be it as it may, this is the fourth attempt that I've made to actualize that all these things that I'm beginning to do is coming back to the same point. Fairness of my humanism. I'm going to ask this only because it sort of cycles around to a point we made earlier. Are you concerned that people will think you're not as smart as you are? I'm hoping it gives them a benchmark of where I've given myself a stance to be at in comparison to. I'm not going to sit there and... I'm just talking about the way you speak, though. I'm not talking about any activities. It's all kinds of things that could substitute for that circumstance you know i will do whatever it takes to vouch for my composure it's really interesting how we started talking about one thing and that it led to something that i think we should have been talking about all along really right i want people to conceptualize seeing kenny Loggins' highway to the danger zone from top gun when they see what I do, hear what I have to say, understand my depth of conception in terms of real life. It doesn't seem to me that even though you seem to get told this a lot, that you believe you're overcompensating. Going back to what we said earlier, it's hard to underestimate the level of work you have left to do you may have just corrected the whole, you know, scenario here and made me reassess everything, but I could be assuming that people don't want to hang out and I'm not doing the work. It's not just them. I think it's easy for a lot of people to assume if they do nothing with their day, it's the fault of other people. Yeah. But I'll be the guy that in the same point says, I'm on Facebook all day long, so inherently I must have nothing to do. But yet I'm expecting out of all the green lights on there to be something that pops up at least one time to make apparent that you're concerned about my day because I've been told enough that you're not going to be concerned about mine to even bother to be concerned with yours because I'm not going to get anything back. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I know this is not the right word for it, but I'm going to use it anyway. It sounds like you want to try to force people to be concerned about you because you don't think they would otherwise. 24-7 of your entire life since high school, very little likelihood were you always helping the wife or always working, or always 
going on a business meeting in Aruba or whatever. You had downtime that I was just as good to substantialize doing something to make your day fulfilled in whatever extent to you. Maybe I'm not that much, but I serve as just as good of a standby as anything else that 100% of your time since I've met some of these people, they cannot say they haven't had time to at least investigate. You know what? I would tell you that you're absolutely right, except for the fact that from the beginning of this conversation, you've admitted that you're the one not putting the work in. Based on what you could have just concluded that she's waiting for me to do on the premise that I'm not yeah, saying but that. that. That's the perfect analogy, isn't it? Like, how are people going to meet you if you don't want them to? If that ends up being the circumstance that I start investigating and that's the case, then that's going to be fine. But I just asked somebody to do something the other day and they're already thinking that they're not going to be able to in, in August. And I'm confused as to how they can think that far ahead. Forgiving in the sense that I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. There's this complex in my head of be a bit assertive that there's no way that you can come up with that many things to do and lenient to the extent that I have health problems and I have things to do. And it's a little bit of the give them an inch and take a mile thing kind of. Because that's what you're used to. Right. You need to put in the effort to try to have new experiences. Right. Like I said, I, I'm more likely than not going to investigate your theorization on that. And mm-hmm. then if it comes back that it's realistic, then you'll be getting excessive gratitude and obligation for me for the rest of my life. The only thing I can actually tell you is that Ali genuinely wants to help you. I don't mm-hmm. know if you accept that help, whether things will be fruitful or not. I can't guarantee that. Right. But they definitely won't if you don't do your part. I think it wasn't made abundantly clear enough that that was the circumstance under which we were operating originally. But now that it has been, and that may have been miscommunication between you and I. It's possible because, look, I didn't know, I think up until this point, that I have to be very direct with you. Right. But here's the thing. I don't have a problem with that. Right. And I think you know that. Oh, yes. So we're good. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think you said this is the fourth time you've been on, not that I've been counting, but I do want to thank you, Chris, for being on the show once again and actually being honest from time to time. (laughs) Right. Through the confusion of the words. Thanks to everybody else for listening. Remember, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Discord, and soon to be on TikTok whenever I figure it out. Until next time, this is Nate Lurie saying you don't always have to do a lot to inspire others.